Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. All right, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. I'm your host, Chef Matt, joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Cornell George. How you doing today, man? I am very good. I just got out of the movie theater about an hour and a half ago, seeing one of the best series movies known oh. to man. Oh, do tell, do tell. Uh, it's, it's all about family. Okay. Uh, Fast 10, part one. Fast? Fast and the Furious Part oh. 10. <laughs> I was like, family, Fast and what? Oh, my. Have, so have you seen every one of them? I own all of them. Oh, damn. Isn't that yeah. something? That's something you and your wife do, right? You guys you guys have like that uh, thing. Well, I, we've seen all of them. Okay. Um, I've seen all of them multiple times. My son is getting to the age where like he's going to... I think, well, my wife and daughter are going to Panama in about 10 or 12 days. Okay. Uh, they're going to be gone for like 10 days. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe we'll crank them out and watch them all. Nice, so, like, I know they're cheesy. I know they're dumb. No, I mean, but, it's entertaining, but it's, though. Right? This one was so bad it was good. <laughs> <laughs> he picks I, up a car. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. I, you know, we don't really have, I guess we, I guess my kids aren't too old enough to have like a, a full on series on stuff that we go see the movies. I mean, like, you know, Jack likes the, the, what is it? The minions and stuff like that, but yeah. it's nothing like what Fast and the Furious is, dude. That, I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> that's one of those movies that are like, I think about like six or seven, you're like, all right, I need to stop making them. But then they kept making them. So it surpassed it. To the point where it's like, okay, they need to make another one. They need to move this yeah. on. Like, let's let's keep it going. And it, like, the, the first two or three were, like, amazing. And it also, they came out right when I was in, like, high school, college time. Yep. I think I was yep. in college. Yeah. And it was so cool back then. It was. And then... Now it's not that movie at all, but it, it's still like, it's so entertaining. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love it. So, okay, let me ask you this, because I'm a total princess when it comes to movie theaters. Um, I do the whole, I get the recliners. Um, I get, I do the pre-bought tickets where I can order food that will be brought to me. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I get to the place, I show on my phone, I sit down, I don't move from there. So are you doing that or is it uh, – are you doing old school style? It, it's funny. My wife and I were talking about it because we got there and we're like, man, movie theater is not what they used to be. Like this used to be the total hangout place on Friday and Saturday yep. night and yep. stuff. And like you don't even – you don't even go up to the box office anymore to pay for stuff. Everyone just does it online and there's this big giant uh, lobby that's totally not needed. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so this theater – was brand new probably 20 years ago. Uh, and the theaters that are built now are much more the ones that you're talking about, where you can pre-order your food, yep. pre-order everything. This is still like you could probably get 
a corn dog, but it's got the stadium seats. They don't really recline, but it's not like the old school like level yeah. level place. Right, right. Well, I will say um, there is a specific uh, thing like nostalgia that goes with movies. Like when I was younger, going to those movies, like I'll always remember seeing the 1989 Batman. Like that, that was like, I saw it on my birthday, my dad took me and it was like one of those ones I'll remember. I'll always remember seeing, um, Jurassic Park in the theater because I, it was my first time I rode Greyhound down to, uh, a family, like a, a cousin's place in Reading. And they took me to see that. And I was like, Oh, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, but now like, you know, the reason why I do that is cause I go to a movie once a year. <laughs> so it's like, if I'm going to go to a movie, I'm going to, you know, I don't know, spend a lot of money and probably do things that I would normally wouldn't do. Yeah, there. So one of the, the theater around me, they have. I haven't done it yet, but they do have a monthly pass for twenty three bucks. Oh, you I've can heard see of all the movies you want to see. I've heard of this. So I considered it for the summer, but we'll see how it goes. But if you're talking about, I, I looked it up. I don't just know this off the top of my head. <laughs> Nineteen eighty nine Batman was Michael Keaton. Yes, it was. It to he, me, he's. Oh, go He's going to be in the new Flash as Batman. Shut up. DC DC is going to be doing a kind of their take on multiverse and stuff, oh. and the Flash can go back in time, and he's going to end up in a different universe. And it, I saw the preview today, and Michael Keaton's on. Sold. I, I, <laughs> that that I mean, so that was my favorite Batman, but like the fact that they're going to pay homage to that that is awesome. And, you know, it because that was uh, Jack Nicholas was the Joker. Now, and I know there's been a lot of good Jokers and all that. But, like, that was just like that. That was my first experience. And that's awesome. I am definitely taking my son to see Flash. That'll be great. Yeah. Cool. Man, uh, freaking busy weekend for me. Um, how, did you get to cook anything this weekend? What do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of lamb it's called, but when it comes on the little rack with all the little bones, is yeah. it a rack of rib? Rack yeah. of lamb or rack something? Rack of lamb, yeah. Okay. I, I made one of those last night on the barbecue. Oh, look at you. And so my my daughter had her like end of the school formal thing that okay. her her school's a startup high school for this private school that she's at. Mm-hmm. They've never done high school before, so this is the first year they're actually doing it. There's like 12 kids in it. Um, so they're pretty much adding, they're adding a new freshman class every year. So next year they're going to have a freshman sophomore class because they're all freshmen right now. And then the next year they'll have freshman, sophomore, junior, and et cetera. Okay. So they wanted to do a end of the year formal. So they went on a, a, a Harbor cruise and then my son went to the Padres game with one of his friends. Nice. And we were downtown San Diego trying to drop my daughter and her friends off and it was just a nightmare because of all the Padres people trying to park. And yep. like, it's a terrible <laughs> like layout. Right, right. It, they, they, they put a stupid like baseball stadium downtown San Diego yeah, and there's no. no parking structures. <laughs> so people literally walk for miles. So we we're just like, let's get out of here. Yeah, and right. then my wife wasn't really hungry. So I was like, well, how about we just go to the store and buy some good meat? Yeah. And so we just went to the store and I was like, well, I could have steak any day, but that lamb looks pretty good. Nice. So. Nice. So tell me, did you serve it with anything? Did you make a sauce? Um, how did, how did you cook it? how did you flavor it? So I did 
I salt and peppered it right when I got home. Okay. I did my I did my special jacuzzi trick that you love. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep <laughs> that at, we'll keep that at that, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it there. Uh, uh. Salt and pepper, and then I get you'll probably hate me, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I get the I get that like giant tub of chopped garlic from Costco. Oh yeah, I mean that's fine. It's convenience, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 why. Yeah. Uh, so I I lathered that all over it, and then I also put a cup of the like garlic juice. Oh, nice. On the side. Oh yeah. And then I just put it on the barbecue, pretty high heat. Kind of got it crusty, crispy on crusty on the outside, and just every time I went to flip it, I would pour more of the garlic juice on it. Nice, yeah. You got to have something really, really strong with lamb because it can be, it can tend to be a little gamey. Like I'll always do like a like a mint, mint and like parsley and just this like herbaceous mixture, mm-hmm. and I'll mix it with like garlic and chili flake and a little bit of like vinegar and maybe some olive oil and then I'll sit there and just baste it with that. Um, and that, I mean, what you just did sounds great because you just had garlic on lamb, which is, I mean, you can't go wrong with yeah. garlic, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. And then sweet potatoes and some of that, whatever that dark chocolate brown bread is. Dark chocolate. The brown bread. Oh, the brown bread. No, not, yeah, the brown bread, not we'll, chocolate we'll, bread. Yeah. We'll call that <laughs> <laughs> solid. You know, I, um, I didn't do much as in the form of cooking just because we were go, go, go all weekend. But, uh, I did make some French toast tonight that I really liked. And I'm, so here's my convenient trick and, and, you know, I'll just out myself right now. I take, you know, I'll do like six eggs. Um, and then I take like the, uh, the creamer. I, we have, uh, we have the French vanilla creamer and I'll pour that mm-hmm. in there. And that flavors it on top of, and that stuff's made out of like hydrogenated oil, basically. So it's like, it actually helps crisp it up a little bit. And so I'll cook, uh, you know, I'll do my butter trick where I put a bunch of butter in the pan and I'll cook the, each individual slice on its own. And then I pop it into a 200 degree oven and let it cook in the middle. And it's like, you, you, it's like, you got this nice, like, you know, on the, um, the Instagram where they take the knife and they like scrape it across and mm-hmm. you're, yeah, you got that nice <laughs> little like crust and then you open it up and it's nice and fluffy on the inside. And it's just the bacon. Awesome. And then I, you know, I do the cowboy style eggs, which in fact, it's funny that I do that now because I actually did it for the first time when I was at your house. Um, and your wife's like, Hey, do you want to cook the eggs? And I was, it was like the morning before the competition and I'm like, yeah, I'll cook them. And I get over there and I'm like trying to like move around and like, I didn't know your pan quite yet. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I just like took a, a spatula to him and I was like, oh, I like that. And I remember eating it in the car and I've, I've made them like that ever since. So, um, cool. yeah. And then, you know, I like the Chipotle Tabasco all over my eggs and that's, that's just nice. my thing. But I've, I've got a, a salt from, I think it's grill your ass off. Okay. And it's a habanero mango seasoning salt. Nice. And I like to do, I don't, I just call them lazy eggs. Yeah. Like you just literally put the egg on the fry pan and don't do anything to it. Right. And when it's almost done, then I'll cover it in cheese and I'll put all that, the habanero sauce all over it. And it's got a little kick, but it's not super spicy. That's awesome. That sounds great. I like that flavored salt. It, It really makes a difference. So. Um, 
We, uh, there's, I think there's still a lot of this uh, master's weightlifting news to come and out there, but I know we said we would, uh, we would touch on it. So I'm going to kind of hand the mic over to you and, and let, uh, let yourself explain just like the kind of like the, the footnotes of what's going on. Okay. I will give my best wrapped up, summed up version of what I can I kind of remember it being. So I listened to the whole two hour thing that they had on Facebook. It's in the, if you, if you want to see it, probably just, I don't know if you can just join the master's weightlifting area, but I'm, I'm sure you can. It's just a group. Right. Uh, so basically the international masters federation, they did not want to recognize USAW anymore as the, the people who the organization who would be in charge of masters weightlifting internationally. Okay. So they came to the Cohen family who kind of run masters weightlifting. They're the ones who literally built it up from the bottom 40 years ago. Uh, no incentive, no funding really. They get $5 a year. They got $5 a year from everyone who signed up and that's really all they, they were guaranteed from, everything else from USAW. From USAW. Okay, yeah. Uh, any money that would go to you or any money that they would spend, they pretty much had to front the cost, show receipts, and prove to USAW that they were supposed to be reimbursed. Okay. So when they were doing these big competitions, when they were buying equipment, everything like that, they were always doing it out of their pocket and then getting reimbursed. Uh, Masters Weightlifting does not have access to Masters Weightlifting money. USAW has to release it. Uh, <laughs> that's that's yeah. a bit sticky. And I think I did read that like uh, when USAW would pay them, it was up to their discretion if they would actually like yes. pay them or not. Yep. Ugh. So and then some of the other stuff is – they explained it. I can't do it justice, but right. if no one else will take the bid for a competition, like let's say Masters Nationals or Masters World or whatever, if no one will take it, uh, Howard Cohen, he's the dad, he talked talk to his son and they've been in charge of the whole thing for years. Right. Like Howard Cohen is in his 90s and yeah. he said, we have to do this for – like this is this is all family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> And we have to make this happen because if we don't do it, no one else will. So there's a lot of competitions going on in Orlando. And they explained why they always do them in Orlando. It's because no one else will take the bid for uh, running the meet and for taking on like everything to make it happen, like taking the liability, taking the risk. Yeah. Um, And so that's, Anytime it's in Orlando, it's because if it wasn't for the Cohen family, the meet wouldn't happen. Uh, I wondered about that. USA, yeah, USAW doesn't want to have anything to do with it because I, I understand it. Okay. Like, I understand USAW's side. Right. They do all this for youth. They do all this for junior. They do all this for senior. There's only going to be a certain amount of people who are good enough to go international right. in those groups. Masters is a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lifters who can afford to go and do all of these things and they're not needing to get funding from all these people. Right. So if they want to, if you want to go to master's world, you'll save up some money and drop four or five grand and go. Right. Um, if you've got 
a 12 year old, it's not that easy for a parent to drop four or five grand for their kid to go. That makes sense. And then also USAW is trying to create uh, Olympians and they know that they're not going to get that out of masters. No, there's no such masters lifters. There's, I mean, there's not really such thing as a masters going to the Olympics, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't see that. There's an occasional that are over 35, but for the most part, yeah. Okay. So, Hmm. um, the IWF came to the Coens last, I believe, let's just say last year. I don't want to give it time yeah and explained a bunch of things and the cohen's then went to usaw and said hey this is what they told us what have you heard and they pretty much said you don't know what you're talking about that's not happening uh (laughs) you 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 just don't know what you're talking about okay so the cohen's took it serious they didn't do anything in my opinion wrong right they said okay if if this actually happens we need to act now so they went out and they started a new corporation which was basically getting ready for a nonprofit right uh federation if it was true that nothing was really going to happen they could just let it go away and it was just a little bit of time and not much money out of their pocket but if it was if it was true then they needed they got to jump on it interesting well i mean they did so i i just wonder I know that, okay, I get the draw from uh, to become an international or to, I guess, to compete internationally. I get that. I think that there's enough people out there that want to want to do that. But how does it, I mean, how does it affect the people that don't? Does it really affect it? Like, I think at one time I heard that, like, there's going to be a point in which you can either compete as a master or with the USAW. And those things will not coincide. Like you can't use the total that you, you that you made at USAW with the masters and vice versa. Is that, I mean, is that real? So what they did say is if you're not planning to compete, compete international Pan Am's worlds, world games, any of those kinds of things, nothing will be affected okay. by, okay. by you. Like that's if you're just a, a master's nationals and that's pretty much the only real masters meet that, um, the big one. Right. And they said, if you don't want to compete internationally, nothing changes. See, if you that's good. do want to compete internationally, uh, they're going to have some new meets coming up through the like international masters, weightlifting federation or whatever they called it. Yeah. And you're, there's going to be a separate membership, but it's not going to be 80, 90, hundred bucks. It's pr- they said, they don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be like, 20 or 30 bucks. And one of the things that I really like that I think is cool is they're going to do some regional meets. So there'll be a West coast regional, a East coast regional, and I think a central. That's cool. Those will, those are going to turn into some of the stuff that like are qualifying competitions. Okay. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. That's uh, it's giving, masters lifters the ability to do more and yeah i was i don't know i mean did it so did the usada pulling out of pan ams have anything to do with any of this it did but i can't explain it enough but it had a lot more to do with usaw starting to 
kind of throw a fit and I think kind of getting caught with their hand in the cookie jar kind of thing. Like they, they screwed up and they're not wanting to admit it. So now they're trying to turn it around and they're not happy that, so the international weightlifting federation, like the world one, yeah, they get to choose. And they said, there's only going to be one federation that we will recognize for our meets. Okay. Per country. Okay. And they said it's not going to be USAW. It's going to be the Coens because they they have that relationship and they know that they have it in their best interest. Uh, USAW, my opinion and many other opinions, is the only meet they really want is Masters Nationals because they're pushing 900 athletes yeah. at that meet now. Yeah. And they had another real cool part with Masters is they have never – lost money in any competition yeah that is really every cool. every competition they have come at, come out ahead uh they have a couple some of the other parts that were like some of the the sticky areas where a lot of people don't know this and there's a lot of stuff just kind of said based on meets from a long time ago but masters weightlifting has exclusive deal with Ilico. So every single weight in the warm-up room, every single bar, every like every single thing that's out there is Alico weights. Holy crap. And that was that. going to be a yeah, that was going to be a conflict of interest because USAW is through Rogue. Right. Right. And so they can't have both. And that was <laughs> going to be one of the big one of the the big issues. And I mean, I would much rather lift on Alico than oh, yeah. Rogue. Any day. I know that Ilico stuff is going to hold up, and um, Rogue has got a short shelf life, in my opinion. Yeah, well, and Rogue based, has their hand experience. Their, Rogue has their hand in, in a lot of different sports, and so they're not going to make like uh, they're not going to put the quality into just one sport. I think Ilico is. I mean, we, we know Ilico is as weightlifting. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they do other sports. I got to be honest, but I know they that, have like, powerlifting discs, and they have okay. some. A little bit. They were the sponsor for the the Grid League. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. But that was their, their crumb stuff, crumb pound. Oh, crumb plates. Um, okay, I want to go back to something uh, that you just said. So when I was asking you about the USADA pulling out of Pan Ams, and you said it was because of USAW. Now, let me ask you a question. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but what does USADA have to do with USAW? Are those two in cahoots? I thought USADA was a uh, (laughs) – this is a very controversial question. I thought USADA was a third party ran by itself and not part of USAW. So during that two-hour thing, they did talk about this. And so I believe that Pan Ams was supposed to be run by the same – organization who ran masters worlds okay and it's the it's i think they call it like husada it's like the hungarian version of usada Uh, and they came and they did everything by the book the same way that um actually it's not even usada because that's the united states anti-doping it's uh whatever the world organization one is oh uh yeah now you're talking about Uh, it'll come so yes I think USADA was supposed to do this one because it was here in America. Okay. And they pulled out, and I think it had to do with something with USAW. I'm not – I wasn't there, so I don't know. (laughs) Just hearsay. But what they were saying is that USAW is trying to say that the HUSADA 
is not doing everything to the standards that US or that USADA will. And what it pretty much meant, they're trying to make it downplay it like they're not taking care of all of the stuff and doing all being as stringent with it. But Husada is not going to be doing whereabouts. Husada is not going to be right. doing stuff that realistically masters weightlifters don't wouldn't they probably wouldn't compete if they had to be home every single day at a certain time and prove their whereabouts and do all of those kinds of things. But the the steps that are involved are uh, the exact same thing. The process is the exact same thing. Another big part I didn't know. Yeah, USADA gets paid ten thousand dollars for every hopped athlete. <laughs> wait, 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 so, wait a minute. So they have a, a certain <laughs> fee that they give to be at the competition. Okay, and then for each popped athlete, they charge an additional ten grand. So. It's almost like there's an incentive to pop athletes. Oh my! I want. I heard something, and um, for the life of me, I cannot remember uh, who said it. But somebody was like, "It it was." I don't. I'm gonna butcher it, but it was like either a Russian. I think it was a Russian athlete. But they're like, "Why um, do you have Usada out there trying?" This is stupid. Trying to um, pop your athletes instead of helping them, and I, I find that weird. Why? Why would we incentivize it? It's yeah. it seems counterintuitive. I don't no, know. I've been listening to a, a handful of new podcasts that, like, I think we've talked a little bit about, and it's I don't know. The whole USADA is a very shady organization. The yeah. WADA, that's it. WADA. WADA, WADA is a very, very shady organization. They they are trying to maintain authority and power over people. Yeah. And and athletes and all of that kind of stuff. And they can kind of choose who's going to get popped and who's not going to get popped. And no one can prove – pretty much no one can really prove otherwise. Uh, so – that's I don't know. I think that, yeah. And the other hard part is I know that people are going to abuse uh, medications and get their doctors to approve certain things and give them right. uh, prescriptions and that kind of a thing. But we're all masters athletes. This is like we've talked about so much in the past. This is a, this is for fun. This is a, this isn't our career. We're not really going anywhere with this. Right. Like there's a lot of stuff that's out there. I have a friend who he, he has narcolepsy and he is not allowed to compete or if he does compete and gets drug tested, he will be popped because that narcolepsy medicine is not a life. He he can continue to live without taking that medicine. Wow. And that's on the banned substance list. At, well, I see at a certain point you got to look at like, I mean, what the risk versus reward, right? Like, okay, um, I need this to live, but like, I want to compete because I, I love the sport and and it's, and it's fun to do, but if I get popped, I'm done. And yeah, man, that's, that, that's a really, really gray area because, um, you know, I've, I've dealt with a little bit of that with, uh, blood pressure medicine, where I've had to make decisions on whether I can be on this blood pressure medicine to, in order to not like 
you know, compete dirty, even though yeah. I have no idea. I can't pronounce the, the product that then that's in there. That's banned. Um, my doctor is, uh, she's a sports medicine major. And so she was very in tune with it. And she goes, if you go on this, um, it's not going to, um, be okay with that federation. I was like, okay, well, let, let's do this and we're going to try it and see what happens. Um, and I tried it for like six weeks and I gotta tell you, like, I mean, it didn't help my blood pressure. So I went off of it, but at the same <laughs> point, like at, at what point do we, look at what we're doing and say, is it that serious to where I'm going to risk health issues to, um, go out there and compete internationally? And I guess it's all about perspective, right? It's all about understanding what your goals are, what you want to do. You can still lift. We can still be a weightlifter. Um, you may not be able to compete at all the big local or big meets. Um, you know, to me, (laughs) I'm, I'm going to take the medicine if it means, um, I'm going to be healthy. And yeah, that's just my, that's my how opinion. This, that's how this guy is. Like if he doesn't take this, he's going to fall asleep. Right. If he's going to fall asleep <laughs> in random places, he probably will lose his driver's license. If he can't get to work, he's probably going to lose his job. Yeah. So is it, and they, and he can't get a TUE therapeutic use exemption because he Why? can live without it. Oh, that's so frustrating because <laughs> he can live without it. Yeah. So who, who decides the, the standard of living? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, why are we, why do, why are we putting the standard of living in somebody else's hand? Like you, you can live without it. Yeah. I can live without it, but not very safe. Like yeah. you fall asleep at the wheel. You're dead. Like, it's just, ah, uh, that's frustrating. And this leads me to a point in which, um, and mind you, I'm, f- I'm five, six years into the sport, but I still have opinions. And my opinion is that, um, if, if weightlifting gets pulled out of the Olympics, it might be one of the best things that happens to weightlifting because we will be able to open up to this open market of like, almost like strongman. It's yeah. Yeah. Or powerlifting or whatever they do that has the multiple federations, right? that it's a, a tested federation versus a non-tested federation. And like everybody knows, if you're in this one, you're getting tested. And if you're in this one, you're not getting tested. And you still have the ability to compete. And you still have the ability to go out, have a good time, be a part of the sport you love. And I think that, um, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers, but I, I think that weightlifting needs to get to a point in which they are more open to that. Yeah, the the argument I heard, and I I hundred percent agree with this, is if if weightlifting is removed from the Olympics, it will make American weightlifting amazing, right? But the rest of the world will pretty much stop doing it. So we're not going to see the the Lu Jajuns, and we're not going to see the Lashas, and we're not going to oh, see, see all these other countries where they don't really have. Uh, weightlifting for fun it's just we want to show our dominance in our athletes and um, wink wink in our on our scientists (laughs) and show that we can pass these tests and that we can what we can who we can create well so that's where the real damage will be if it's taken out of the olympics but for american weightlifting it'll be amazing maybe we can just get them to move over here (laughs) could you imagine that (laughs) going to a going to a competition going to like ao and lasha walks in you're like, let's go. <laughs> like that. That's awesome. 
Oh, I don't know. You know, um, I've talked, we've talked about this so many times. I love the sport and, and I just want to see, um, it be, uh, I want to see it evolve. And from yeah. all, from everything that I've learned, there's been, um, there has been some evolution of the sport, but not as much as maybe it needs in a time like now where, um, especially it's, it's just getting, you can see the popularity growing. I mean, all you have mm-hmm. to do is get on Instagram and like, it's all over the place and it, it's just something that we need to look at. You know, you never, I, I think CrossFit tried to do it, but they didn't do it very well where they, they made it, you know, they had their own, uh, their own sanctioning and they had their own, uh, you know, CrossFit games and all that. And they, they pumped them up and it was high energy and it was great, but then they just fell off. I, I think uh, weightlifting has uh, more backing, more longevity, has a longer history, that that just won't happen. Um, but I would like to see something like that, at least an option, maybe not what USAW is doing, but an option of, hey, we know we're amateurs. We're going to go out there and we're going to compete and maybe we'll get to this national meet and maybe we'll have a good time and, and we'll lift big weights. Um, but we're not going to worry about all the politics, all the USAW like uh, rules and everything. Not to say that those aren't bad or aren't, aren't good because I think they are. Rules are in place for a reason. Um, but I think in order to invo- evolve, you have to take a look at what you're doing and say, okay, we've done this for years and years and years. This is what we've always done. But you need someone to raise a hand and say, um, okay, well, let's relook at that and let's reevaluate why we're doing that. And you, then you start to see, well, we've been doing this since like 1970 and we just never changed, but the athletes have changed. And so now you got an imbalance and it's just like, why, why aren't we evolving, um, with the athlete? And I think that, um, I think it's, it's, it's something that needs to take a hard look at. No, I, I agree. It like, I, I, I get it for not wanting to lose like all the international big yeah. crazy lifters. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like if we have an untested federation here, we're going to have Ian Wilson proved that if American lifters start taking drugs, we're going to have those lifters here too. Oh Yeah. Yeah, somebody's. So, we're gonna have a, 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 you know, another Lasha. Like, I'm yeah, not, I not mean, to say Lasha's Kaiser, taking drugs. Well, didn't, didn't Kaiser just double one ninety? Yes. So if, so if an American who's assumably clean is doubling one ninety, yep, put him on a little bit of gear, and he'll be in the two twenties. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough conversation to have. But there's a lot of uh, truth that I think people don't want to actually take a second and just realize, like, this is happening. Like, you know, we were listening to the podcast. uh, I forget the name or I forget the name of the gentleman that was on it. Um, But he just he was shedding a light on a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of the hush hush stuff. Uh, He was it was on the philosophical weightlifter. And I'll pick it up right now. Yeah. He and listening to him talk was was really it was intense but it was so um 
it was really refreshing to hear somebody just talk about it without feeling like they were saying something wrong or somebody was going to come after him or whatever. His name is Broderick Chavez. Yeah. And it's episode 198 on the Philosophical Weightlifter. And it was it was a, a, a podcast that I listened to, and it just – it answered all of the things that you think you know but you don't have proof. Yep. And he's basically someone who has dedicated his life to drugs, to uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And he talks about them in ways that – I've never heard anyone talk about them before. He's like, well, what do you, what's the, what do you want? But not like, he's like, what's the purpose of what you want them for? Right. There's going to be certain things for volume. There's going to be certain things for strength. There's going to, and then he'll go into different drugs are in different parts of the, the world because that's where they're made. So certain lifters all kind of look the same because that's the kind of drugs that that country makes. Yeah, I liked that part of and it. That was really neat. He has a huge following, a huge platform, one of the biggest ones in the world for this. And he said that 25% of his clients are weightlifters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing he said was like, you know, look at a look at your look at your favorite weightlifter or that that may have gotten popped, right? And he was like, you know, look at them and then look at what they were doing before they got popped. Do you really think that they weren't doing drugs or performance enhancing drugs? Do you really think that there's not like he's like there is provable evidence that that you know athletes are doing this and and then he follows it up with like why not? Why wouldn't they do it? I'm just yeah. saying, get out there and listen to this podcast because it is really, really enlightening and, and, and refreshing to hear somebody talk in the manner he does. And he is blunt. <laughs> yes, he is. You've actually <laughs> heard him on a couple other podcasts. I haven't made it that far yet, but you're the one that turned me on to that one, and I was like, I got to listen to this. Yeah. So, all right. Well, cool. Masters Weightlifting, uh, we you know covered <laughs> as much as we could, and uh, now I'm about to go into a rant. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay, so um, how do I want to put this? I've, I've heard it on Instagram. I've heard it uh, with people I know. Um, I've heard it through uh, different uh, avenues. And I'm here to, here to tell you that, like, okay, training through a tough schedule. Um, in my opinion, if it's something you love, you got to do it, right? And if it's something uh, you want to do, then you will do it. And, and I have this conversation with my kids a lot to where like, they're like, Oh, I want to do this, but I, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to do it. Or I, I don't want, I want to do this, but I'm scared. And, but when they, when they want their cookies at the end of the day, you know, they're going to do anything they want to do or they, anything they can to get those cookies. I I'm trying to bridge an analogy of just like, if we love weightlifting, let's not take our schedules throughout the, the week, the day, the, t- um, the hour and say, oh man, well, you know, I can only do like one day a week because I got X, Y, and Z and that stuff's more important to me. I think, um, and I'm probably, I'm probably speaking out of, um, being ultra, ultra busy and still getting four to five days in. And I was telling Cornell at the beginning of this podcast that like, I mean, I have every day, every day of every week, is filled up from about seven o'clock in the morning 
um, till about eight o'clock at night and training is part of that day. Um, and then now I've just added things for the weekends when I got, cause I got kids sports. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still getting my training in, um, work, work gets done. Family time gets done. Um, uh, hobbies get done, uh, different, uh, sport. I'm coaching sports that gets done. Personal training gets done. Um, why, you know, date, date nights with my wife get done. I don't kick weightlifting out because I'm just too busy and I hear it and it, and it, um, I have people that say it and, and I, I hurt it kind of hurts because I'm like, don't sell yourself short because you can do this. If you just schedule appropriately, if you just take the time to work harder, because if you work through, and I guess what I'm really trying to get at is, is the hard work is going to pay off. You know, this, I, I'm on a 16 week program, right? And I'm, and I'm getting it done. And I can tell, I can promise you at the end of that 16 weeks, I'm going to hit lifetime numbers. And that's the goal. And if I go anywhere outside of that goal, um, I'm, I'm not being true to myself and I'm not being true to what I want to do. And so I'm, I don't know if I'm being vain or, or what, but I just, I think, uh, uh, take us, take a look in the mirror, check yourself. If you think you're too busy, you're not. That's my rant. No, I love that. Uh, I'll give you my, 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 my two cents on your rant. Awesome. Uh, I don't remember who I learned this from a long time ago. Heard it on a podcast or I heard someone say it to me or something like that. If you need something done and you need someone else to do it, ask the busiest person you know to do it. Yep. Because someone who is going to be busy is going to figure out a way to get it done. Yeah. And it's the people who are not busy and I'm just going to say it. They're, they're lazier. They, they, they have those TV shows they like to watch all the time and they, they make sure they watch them. Yep. Uh, I'm not saying that you should never watch a TV show, but the amount of TV that I actually watch is it'll be like, okay, uh, I'm trying to think of a like Yellowstone. I haven't seen the newest season yet Okay. because we, we don't have Paramount at the moment, but then we'll get Paramount for like a month and we'll just like binge all the shows. Right, right. And it'll probably be this summer when stuff's a little bit more chill. Um, or it, it might even be like next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but I'm not I'm not out there watching TV all the time. Yeah. I don't have shows that I'm watching. I'm I have I work fifty to sixty hours a week. I'm lifting, not counting the the daily squats that I'm doing, but I'm getting in ten plus hours a week to in lifting. Yeah. Um, then on top of that, I have a pretty busy family life. Um, I've got a lot of stuff that I, I'm not coaching and doing all the stuff that you're doing with my family, but it's I got a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. I'm also, uh, not, it's not remodeling if it's outside, but I'm redoing all of my, my yard, my front yard and my backyard. I have a half acre yep. this whole weekend. I already spent like almost 12 hours on a, on a stand up riding tractor. I am beat to hell. The only reason I stopped is because I broke the key. Like Solid. I shut it off at like two o'clock today and I 
I, I hit a sprinkler line and I went shut the water off and I came and the key wasn't all the way and I turned it and I broke it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that, um, and that's, that's what made you stop though. Not, it wasn't yeah. like, then I, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I, and then I was like, well, I have a couple hours. Let's, let's go see the movie. There you go. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's, I think that when stuff, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. This is a priority to you. Yeah. So we did we did talk a, a couple episodes ago about like people wanting to come back to weightlifting and yeah yeah what is it what is it like once you're a weightlifter you're always a weightlifter but I kind of feel that there's a lot of people out there who they're not weightlifters like I didn't think about this till after we were done with our show okay but there there are a lot of people who do weightlifting but they're not weightlifters ah they they just they want to do a little bit of this a little bit of that they. Like I have, I have one friend and I don't want to, uh, I'm, I'm not going to call her out. <laughs> she knows who she is. She loves to go on vacation. <laughs> She's on vacation all the time. And she doesn't even call it vacation. She's like, no, that's not that vacation. And she'll, she'll be like, oh, this is our one vacation a year. I'm like one vacation a year. You went on three last year. She goes, no, but this is the one that just me and my husband get to go on together. The other one is with my kids. And then the other one is with my parents. And, and I'm like, you're on vacation all the time. Like, that's why you're not getting training in. And the real funny part with her is every time she is so inconsistent, she goes and competes and freaking hits PRs. And I've told her to her face. I'm like, I really wanted, I didn't want you to do bad, but I wanted you to see how being inconsistent was going to act when you went to compete. And she's like, and I got PRs, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that there is a big difference between if you're not going to schedule, if, if it's not going to be a priority, maybe you just do weightlifting. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe you're not a weightlifter. Yeah. I think so, that that's a that's a good thing to ask yourself. Uh, like, there's a lot of CrossFitters that, like, I I help. I'm I, I'm a self proclaimed intern at the gym. Yeah, and I help on Saturday mornings coach a class of a bunch of beginners, and they're all CrossFitters. Yep, and they know that they're CrossFitters who want to get better at weightlifting. Um, and that's what they say, yeah. and it's like that's totally cool. But they're not gonna. They're, they, but even these people, they're prioritizing Saturday mornings. They're there every single Saturday at eight a.m. Yeah. Well, and so, it's and it's fitness. I mean, I guess at its core, this is all fitness, and it's a sport, and and you know, people feel good afterwards. Um, and I think that that there is there is a solid line on being a weightlifter versus liking weightlifting. And I like how you put that. Um, that's it's a really good way of putting it because. It also shows people out there that we're not like, we're not trying to shame anybody. We're not trying to tell anybody no. that they're doing anything wrong, but there is a definite, a uh, distinct difference between the two. And I think uh, you just got to find out what is important to you and then go do it. If, if vacationing yeah. four times a, a year and competing in weightlifting is important and that makes you happy and puts a smile on your face, do it. Um, but when it comes down to it, if you want to live the life of a weightlifter, then you got to understand what that takes. And if you want to call yourself, 
I am a weightlifter. Like when people ask me, and we've talked about this, I tell them I'm a competitive weightlifter. And I feel confident saying that because of the work that I put in versus the, um, the work that I don't put in on other parts of my life. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and that, and that's a, and that's a real thing. And like I said, there's no shame in not being a weightlifter. And I want to be very clear to that. There's no shame in it. Um, but what we're talking about is a specific dedication and discipline to a sport. And if you have that, then you don't let things like movies or, you know, vacations or, you know, whatever get in the way of that. You, you make it, you find a way to make it happen. Even if it's training at six in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. You went on vacation and you brought your shoes and you snuck away to the gym before <laughs> your family was awake. Yep. That that's, that's kind of how stuff is. And it, I think with weightlifting, it also does have a little bit of a different feel because it is our hobby and that kind of a thing. But right. uh, I'm not going to try to offend you or the person I'm about to talk about, but <laughs> You have played golf. <laughs> Here we go. I wouldn't, yes. con- I wouldn't consider you a golfer. Okay. I'm not a golfer. <laughs> so, but you, but you play golf and yeah. if you got invited to go play golf, I'm sure you'd go. Absolutely. If you had time and, yeah. But I don't know exactly. I like, I don't live up there, but yeah. Damon to me seems like a golfer. He absolutely He is. goes very yes. regularly. Yeah. He, he probably goes at least once or twice a week. Yep. He, he works in the industry. He is a golfer. Mm-hmm. Are you super offended that you're not a golfer? You just golf Absolutely sometimes? not. And that's <laughs> the thing. And that's having the maturity to sit there and say, I like golf. But I ain't a golfer. Because <laughs> golfing. But also you're not. You're not going like, oh man, I did terrible. I'm not getting any better, and yeah, I, I yeah. played three months ago, and I'm not getting any better at this. And <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, and and it, it dude, that's a, such a great uh, bridge to it because, um, like you know, for me, when I go out golfing, I just don't take score because I know where my level is, <laughs> and I know I'm not a golfer, but I really enjoy being on the golf course. Um, Those numbers are real big. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when I get on the golf course with Damon, I just don't enjoy it very much. No, (laughs) no, I do. actually. Where I live, like a lot of people surf. Yeah. I used to be a surfer. I'm not a surfer anymore. I'll go once or twice a year in the summer when it's warm. But I'm, I don't consider myself a surfer, even though I have like six surfboards still. Yeah. That's and awesome. It it and it's fine. But I'm also when I go out there, I'm not expecting to to catch real big waves and to do good and any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting conversation and I think um I guess whoever needs to hear it hear it, but um you know, we don't it's interesting actually. We had a a, a mutual listener put us on a, a uh, like a text string through Instagram. Yeah. You see what I wrote back to her? Yep. That was mm-hmm. like, you know, she was talking about how, you know, she just had kids and, and she really loves the sport and she wants to get in. She heard that podcast and it motivated her. And I, I just responded back to her with like, listen, you're, if you're a weightlifter, once a weightlifter, always a weightlifter. Like if you can't get out on the platform because of something in that situation, then, then go, you know, go help out at a meet. Um, go, 
find weightlifting events, you know, volunteer, get your certification, do something right to keep that fire burning because yeah, it's not just, I mean, yes, 90% of it's about on that platform, right? And the work you put into it, but you have to have more invested in than just getting on the platform. And I think that's uh, that's a good, good uh, yeah, perspective to see. She doesn't get in as much as she used to and as much as she wants to, right. but I've, I've lifted with her multiple times since she's had her baby. Yeah. She brought the baby to the gym and like, love that. Normally I'm not a, normally not a giant fan of that, but this kid was perfect. Just chill. I mean, really, real, real little kid, like chilling in the stroller, just, um, in between sets, she'd pick her, pick her up for a second, put her down, go like she was sharing a platform with someone. So she had a little bit extra time and yeah. like that's dedication right there. I like that. Um, uh, like, side, side note, yeah. side note to that. You're right. If, if, uh, you bring your kids to the gym and your kids are not well behaved and, and you're not going to watch them, don't bring them to the gym. Yeah. It's not <laughs> daycare. No, it's not. And you can't expect everybody else to take care of them either. Um, but like if I will, I, I will pump your kids full of candy. If you do that, <laughs> I will give them so much candy. They might have diabetes. <laughs> yes, that, that too. Um, but like if I, if I ever bring Maddie or even when they come out to the garage, they know they have a certain area they can sit and Maddie's like, dad, can I help you, uh, unload your weights? And so she's always like on the change plates. Right. <clears throat> But I'm very clear with them. Like, don't talk to me. <laughs> and this sound this may sound mean, but it's I promise you it's not. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, listen, guys, don't talk to me. Um, don't ask me, because my kids like to ask me a million questions. Um, don't ask me questions. You can help if you want to be a part of this. Sit out here, watch me, you know, cheer me on, help me load weights. Outside of that, if you want to talk, let's save it till after. Go, you know, go play or do something and we'll talk then. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where I was going great. with that one. <laughs> anyway, don't bring your don't bring your crappy kids to the gym. Yeah, exactly. It's not a daycare. <laughs> um, man, fifty three minutes. I think that I think that's going to be about it. We got another couple other things we'll, we want to talk about, but well, let's just save it till next show. Yeah, that, that and in like in in roughly like five weeks, we might be able to do this in person. I know. And all my stuff, dude, literally the box that I record through and everything, it's like that big. So I can bring nice. it all down and it's all cool. super like, port- I bought it because it's portable like that. So Love it. awesome. Great show. Great show. This is, I don't know. Okay. So I don't know about you, um, but increasingly through the weeks, we've been getting a lot of, um, a lot of feedback and some people have been reposting and I just want to throw it out there. You know, thank you for everybody who who's listening. Um, this is such such a uh, fun show that is just increasingly getting better organically, and I think that uh, I, I just appreciate all the feedback. So, thank you everybody for doing that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah it's a good time. Makes us want to do more. I know, right? I'm like, we oh. should go on. We should do every single day at six a.m. <laughs> No, <laughs> not doing that. Um, you Central might, time. you might get this guy coming up. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, I'm a grumpy bear at six in the morning. So I won't, <laughs> might get a, a different tone out of me anyways, buddy. Uh, 
have a good show. Have a good night. And uh, I suck at outros. So goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>